Hello everyone and welcome to the Nobody's Ready podcast. Um, this one is it's going to be a bit different. It's going to be a bit of a catch-up show. Um, I didn't get to talk about Rampage from uh, a week tonight as I'm recording this on Friday the 17th of December. Um, I wasn't able to talk about Rampage from last week. Um, not that I wasn't able to, I just wasn't in the mood the the release of jeff hardy from dodoe kind of bombed me out a little bit or a lot actually um for a whole number of reasons but anyway we'll get into that another time um this week i want to talk about three pretty good shows um <laughs> one show that was exceptional and we'll get onto that um but yeah i'm going to talk about rampage from last week Dynamite from this week and Rampage from, I guess, tonight as I'm recording this on Friday afternoon, uh, UK time. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. We've got a whole lot of things to talk about in those three shows from the debut of my new favourite wrestler to... <laughs> I feel like I said it's a lot, but one of the best matches I've ever seen. One of the best matches all year. One of the best matches in AEW history. And we will get onto that and... If there's any other news stories floating about AW or other related, I will touch on those uh, towards the end. So, yeah, that's what we'll talk about today. And uh, we'll get right into it in a second by talking about Rampage from last week. Okay, so start with AW Rampage from the 10th of December to last week. Um, <laughs> it seems very funny saying this was a, a, a one-match show on a show that had FTR versus the Lucha Bros and Adam Cole in the main event, but it was for me, and it was for the internet. If you read Twitter the day of, the morning after, um, it was all about one guy, but we'll get on to that uh, in a second. So we did indeed open with a very solid match between FTR and the Lucha Bros, Um Lucha Bros winning again. Um, again, didn't really think they were going to do a title change on on Rampage that was pre-recorded. So I heard some people say there was a lot of editing in this match um, in terms of what was filmed live and what actually came on uh, TV. But it was a good match. You're never going to get a bad match between FTR and the Lucha Bros, two of the absolute best tag teams in the world. Um, and as we'll get onto when I talk about um, Dynamite, it kind of appears we've got where FTR are going. Not really sure about the Lucha Bros, to be honest. Um, there's a few tag teams floating about at the moment. I'm sure we'll get a pretty clearer picture as we move into the new year of who the next challenges are for it, for all the Lucha Bros. Um, or maybe they'll go back around to FTR. There are a certain other tag team floating about in the wrestling world at the moment, so we'll see where um, they fit into things. So um, I could try to remember the order of Rampage, but I know I'll talk about last anyway. So On this show also, we had... Um, a women's uh, six-woman tag. It was Ruby Soho, Anna J, Ty Conti against Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny. Um, this was it was all right. It was all right. Um, again, I feel still feel like AEW's women's division is kind of just there, isn't it? Lots of good talents. Lots of not lots of good wrestling. Some okay wrestling. Um, 
but yeah, there's a lot of free agents around at the moment on the female side. Um, Britt as the champion is 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 really great. This with six women's tag was an example. You know, they're good. They're not amazing. Some of them are quite green. Some of them uh, have never been on national television a lot. But the one good thing they are doing is they're having a lot of matches. You know, you've got Dark, you've got Dark Elevation, you've got Rampage, you've got Dynamite. Lots of places for all these women to have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of matches. So I'm sure if they keep this group of talents together, which I think they will, um, and add to it over time with, with names coming in here and there, I'm sure they'll get there. Um, are they quite at the level of where... NXT was, say, 2018-2019 with their women's division. Uh, no, absolutely not. Will they get there eventually? I have no doubt. I have no doubt they will. Um, what else do we have on the show? Um, yeah, we had a backstage with Sting and Darby, which seems to be the theme with backstage interviews with Tony Schiavone at the moment on AWTV. You get attacked after your first question, which they did by FTR. Um, and we'll get into that more when we talk about... Dynamite, um, the actual main event of this show, although it wasn't the main event in my eyes, um, was Adam Cole beating Willie Uter, which again ties into something that happened on Dynamite with the whole uh, best friends uh, elite kind of feud that's going on at the moment. Adam Cole won, obviously. Adam Cole's amazing. Um, now, let's talk about the real main event of this show, and that was the debut match of Hook. I absolutely fucking loved it. Um, the son of Taz, of course, faced Fuego Del Sol. And the lights dim, the music starts. It's a song by an artist called uh, Action Bronson. I think that's the name. Yeah. Um, the song's brilliant. The song's great. The lights came on. Hook's name's on the Tron. The crowd went nuts for him. This guy comes out, he's cool as fuck. His hair was all cool and messy, but in a cool way. He swaggers out. He's ripped. He's wearing kind of kickboxing gear. Um, he's chewing his gum. He's all cocky and cool. Uh, he doesn't even face Fogo in the ring. He kind of puts his back to him, disrespect. If... You were a non-wrestling fan watching this show and you had to pick out the world champion. You're picking Hook because he looked fucking brilliant in his first match. Um, sure, it was three minutes, if that. It was against Fuego and Fuego was fantastic in his role. He sold his ass off to Hook. Hook wrestled, you know, or he wrestled like Taz's son would wrestle. His, his suplexes were good. His his wrestling was good. His judo was good. His kicks were good. His strikes were good. And he won with the transmission, which has now been renamed uh, Red Rum. Hook was great. Hook's 23 years old, for fuck's sake. I think it's 23, but yeah, he's in his 20s. Um, Jesus, if this kid can do all this now, imagine where he's going to be in the future an incredible debut he's got a lot to live up to I hope they protect him I hope they look after him in terms of um, booking in terms of matches he has keep him as a special attraction I say you know don't have him wrestle all the time I wouldn't even have him wrestle on dark and dark elevation and like that you know you can train him sure have him have 
when I say I wouldn't have him wrestle on dark and dark elevation, I mean I wouldn't have him wrestle all the time. I wouldn't at the moment because I think, you know, you, you can have him wrestle all the time in years to come. At the moment, he's got this cult following which he's built up. The internet fucking adore him. The live crowd went nuts for him. He probably got the biggest pop of other than Adam Cole. Probably got the biggest reaction on on this rampage show. Um, yeah, Hook was fantastic. Um, and I think is a good example of how you can make someone special in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, Hook's been on TV, I don't know, a fair few months now, nine months maybe, if that. Um, this was his first match. It was three minutes, sure. But I think on a show where you've got people who can do all sorts of matches, you can have a special attraction every now and then. And, and Hook can be that special attraction, you know. Sure, eventually he's going to have to to do longer matches and will it be as spectacular as this? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know, do we? You know, he's just a kid in terms of wrestling terms. This was his first match. Um, but yeah, so far so fucking fantastic. And if they carry on the trajectory, which I think they will, I think the way he was presented um, showed me that they're going to invest a lot of time into this kid. Um, and it's exciting, really is exciting that they've got... This this guy who, if he carries on the way he's already begun, he, he could be a, a fucking a megastar. Um, and yeah, from one potential megastar on this show to two absolute world-class professional wrestlers on AW Dynamite who opened the show there. Uh, and we'll talk about Dynamite from this week um, in a second. Right then, um, EW Dynamite Winter is Coming for 2021. Um, we opened the show with the AEW World Title Match, The Hangman versus Brian Danielson. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, this was, this was a match and a fucking half. Um, I'm sure you've heard by now, but for those who didn't, they opened the show with this match, um, and as soon as they opened the show with this match, I was like, right, something's up here, because you only open your show with your main event, quote-unquote, um, for a reason. And obviously the reason became very clear, because they did a one-hour time limit draw. Um, and obviously you had to open the show. If you're doing a one-hour draw, you've got to open the show with this, because if you start this match and there's an hour, ten minutes left of the show... Everyone knows you're doing an hour draw, right? So, totally made sense why they opened the show with this. Um, now, I've heard some debate already about people saying, um, would it not have benefited Paige more if he'd have beat him in, say, 59 minutes, rather than doing an hour draw? My opinion is that it does more for Adam Page, and Brian Dennison, I'll get into that in a second. It does more for Adam Page if he goes a one-hour draw with Brian Danielson, bearing in mind Brian Danielson's kicked, well, kicked the fucking head in of so many people since he's come to AEW, I think it does more for Adam Page and his title reign if he goes an hour with Danielson and then beats him in, a, say, a, a two-out-of-three-falls or a no-time limit 
gimmick match of some form afterwards, later down the line, which I think that's what they're going to do. It also does more for Brian Danielson, who can now say that he has had two AW World Title matches against two different guys. In that time, he's gone a total of 90 minutes across two matches, and he's been beaten in neither of them. So he can talk about that. He that can be his point as a as a heel. Um, so yeah, I think doing it this way serves a lot of masters very well. Um, this was one of the best matches in AW history, as I've said, in my opinion. Um, they went at a, a crazy pace. They really did. I I only got the feeling they were going an hour, about forty forty five minutes when. They started not slowing down, but the pace, obviously, it was quick all the way through, don't get me wrong. But if you're going an hour, you've got to do a certain type of match where there's going to be ebbs and flows. Um, And if you didn't watch the match, um, the finish, uh, Paige hit the buckshot lariat as we hit an hour. So he hit the move, then the bell rang. So, yeah, Danielson, if it was an hour, five seconds, Paige would have won. But it wasn't, obviously. Um, doing an hour match on television is is brave, sure. Um, but I think it paid off here. Um, yeah, I just thought this match was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. It's the second big match in a row for the World Cup, Danielson and Paige have both had, where they've been all-time classics and... It has indeed made me have to rejig my um, match of the year list top 10 because this one's straight in there. And as a little bit of a spoiler, it's made me have to reconsider matches that I had in my potential top five as well. So, yeah, you open with this match and, and wow, you're off to the races already in terms of just how strong a show this is going to be. Um, what else did we have? We also had a, we had a couple of teases on this show. And I'm going to tell you where I think they're going and where most people say they're going. So we had a backstage segment with uh, Adam Cole and the rest of the elite and Bobby Fish was there. And they're talking about um, their ongoing feud with the best friends. They've got an eight-man tag match coming on Rampage. And Adam Cole teased that next week on Dynamite, on the Christmas episode, the Christmas special of Dynamite, Adam Cole's going to have a present for the Young Bucks. To cut it sweet, uh, to cut it short and sweet, <laughs> and too sweet maybe <laughs> I think that person is going to be Kyle O'Reilly I think that makes sense I think the timing's right I think Tony Khan has recently said that don't expect to see all the new people coming on this show winter is coming which obviously last year we got Sting this year we didn't get any new arrivals we obviously had the time limit draw at the, at the beginning of the show but I think that's coming so we'll see where that's going um we have Wardlow beat Matt Seidel in, in pretty much a squash. Uh, it was two minutes. But after the match, we had uh, Sean Spears say to uh, Wardlow, he got a call from MGF, and Wardlow would have to go pick up some champagne ahead of MGF's victory later in the show. So yeah, Wardlow is now MGF's bitch, which is only going to go one way, isn't it, in the end? How and when, I don't know, but... They are certainly giving us the wink and the nod that at some point Wardlow's going to get pissed off and he's going to turn on the pinnacle. So let's see. Let's see where they go with that and how they do it. Later, we had a um, really cool video about 
from Malachi Black, a really cool video package, and he was talking about how human nature is very violent and we should accept that, and he has he alluded to having disciples in the House of Black. One of the lines he said was um, something along the lines of, you can be so much more than a king. That was a very obvious tease for Brody King, former Ring of Honor star, actually Malachi Black's um, fellow tag team champion in PWG. So looks like Brody King's coming into AEW as well to be with Malachi Black. Um, uh, what else we have on Dynamite we had? Uh... Right, brief pause there. Um, but now I will get back on with talking about AW Dynamite. So we also had Hikaru Shida beating Serena Deeb, which it was okay. It wasn't of the level of their um, previous two matches, but it, it, it was fine. It was fine. Um, we had a couple of other things addressed. Um, Varsity Blonde spoke about Malachi blown the miss in the face of Julie Hart and it looks like we're going to get um, Griff Garrison and Malachi Black in a match soon they had Eddie Kingston talking about um, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 so we're getting a big multi-man match there which I'll talk about soon we had yeah then we went into right into the uh, main event of the show the final match um MGF, yeah, MGF Dante Martin for the Dynamite Ring. Um, MGF spoke a little bit before the match. Uh, not a massive promo that we've used to from him. A couple of things he said. Um, and then we had a great main event between two of the, you know, the the up and coming. I'd say it's, MGF's not an up and coming star, a young star of AW, as is Dante Martin. Um, pretty good match really good match um mjf won of course he, he always should have won this match i don't see any reason to take this dynamite ring away from him um dante martin doesn't need it so for the finish we had dante hit uh, a double springboard moonsault which was yeah crazy good ricky stark's team Taz member ran down broke up the pin i think he puts um mjf foot on the ropes to make the ref see it, yeah, stop the pin. And then MGF hit the solve the earth submission, the armbar, uh, and got the win. So, yeah, perfectly fine finish. Afterwards, FTR came down, put the beat on Dante, celebrate with MGF. Lights went out, came back on. Sting and Darby Allen in the ring. I'll talk about what friend of mine, me also, some other people thought was going to happen after. But, yeah, we had FTR and MGF up against Darby and Sting in a brawl. And then CM Punk came down. Um, he ran out of a baseball bat with Sting's baseball bat and the pinnacle ran off. And we're getting a six-man tag on um, Rampage. I think it's Rampage. I think it's Rampage. It might even be Dynamite next week. I think it's Dynamite next week, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, that was the ending of the sh- of, um, of Dynamite this past week. So I think... Given what happened at the ROH pay-per-view, I think everyone expected this to be the Briscoes in this spot. Maybe that'll happen at some point. I'm I'm almost certain, I'm 100% certain, in fact, we will get FTR versus the Briscoes somewhere, probably in AEW. But not to be for now, which is fine. This was still perfectly fine. And MGF and FTR versus Sting, Darby Allen, and CM Punk... 
friend of mine said, like, imagine start of the year or this time last year saying we're going to get that match in AEW. It's, it's crazy to think about. It's absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be great um, when that does happen. Um, I think it is on Dynamite next week as we think about it. So, yeah, a pretty good episode of, of AEW Dynamite once again. Obviously, the headline will be that half of the show, the opener, was a 60-minute draw in a world title match, which was one of the, the matches of the year. Um, and any show with that quality of match on is going to be a, a great TV show in my book. So, yeah, another thumbs up for another good TV show from AW Dynamite. Um, and next up, I will talk about um, AW Rampage from this week. Uh, I'm recording this Friday afternoon. So when I talk to you next, it will be some point on Saturday. And I will have just watched... Um, AEW uh, Rampage from this week. Right, so Rampage then from Friday night. Um, uh, a good little show, to be fair. Uh, they're never kind of bad shows, are they? Um, but this this one was... I don't know, they've kind of gone away from the the usual structure of Rampage recently. Um, and it's kind of become, I don't know, just different. There was a a big, long um, promo segment on this show again. Not long, but you don't usually get them on Rampage. It's usually a few backstage things, three matches, and then boom, you're away. But um, anyway, this show, we had the the eight-man tag team match at the, at the beginning. It was the best friends, Trent, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and... I think it was Rocky, yeah, Rocky Romero. Um, against the the elite, uh, Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Bobby Fish. Um, again, as these elite multi-man matches usually are, this was a good match, but a surprise to me in the sense that the the Babyface team got the win. Um, I certainly wasn't expecting it, but then again, when you think about it, it was Trent who got the pin on Bobby Fish, and Trent's just come back, and he's in shape, and... Bobby Fish is very much being painted as the the outsider um, to the elite, and I think there's a there's a reason for that, as I mentioned before, with this gift and kind of Riley and all that possibility. So yeah, um, that was the opener, and then we had the promo segment with Dan Lambert making his bid return and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky there. Um, eventually, they were interrupted by Cody, who came out to quite a lot of booze. Um, that was funny. And then Dustin Rhodes' brother came out and made the save. He got cheered. And then Sammy Guevara made the save as well, which was strange. I guess Sammy's a babyface, but given he's got a match upcoming with Cody, um, I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to book that match. I really don't know. Um, I guess it depends on if they're really going to do the Cody turn. Or maybe they are, maybe they aren't. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we've got... Uh, next up, sorry, we had the women's submission match, which was uh, Ty Conte beating Penelope Ford. Again, it was it was fine. I mean, these AEW women's matches, the roster... Yeah, they need a bit more... A bit more meat on the bone, maybe, with it. Um, it was a fine match. It was perfectly fine, in fact. Um, 
But yeah, in terms of investment in the story, can't say I was there with it, to be honest. Uh, we had the the announcement of more details of this uh, Owen Hart Memorial Tournament that they're doing. So essentially they're going to have a women's tournament and a men's tournament. And the finals are going to be at double or nothing in May, I think. Yes, we've got a little bit of a wait for it, but you know it's a cool little thing they're doing. Uh, good for them. We had some previews for the Holiday Bash shows, which are coming um, this upcoming week, Christmas week. The Rampage show is going to be actually on Christmas night, on Saturday. Um, I'm not doing any AW-related blogs next week. Or uh, podcasts, sorry. Um, blogs, podcasts, I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will be doing another podcast next week, just not on the TV shows, because I kind of want to enjoy Christmas, to be honest. Enjoy everything that goes with that. So, uh, And then we had the main event of this show, which was a, a 10-man tag match. It was the... Let me try and remember everyone here. We had Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Bros, uh, and let me just, I could probably just have a look and see who it is rather than try and go off memory. Um, there was a lot of people in this match, so it wasn't exactly easy to remember. Um, here we are, yeah. We had Santana Ortiz, the Lucha Bros, and Eddie Kingston against 2.0, Danny Garcia, and The Acclaimed. Um, again, it was it was cool. You know, but it was a 10-man tag match. Um, so there was a lot going on. Um, but I think, you know, the interesting thing to me here was that the the Hills got the win. Um, Danny Garcia rolled up Eddie Kingston, which was a little bit, again, a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, and then afterwards, it was the Jurassic Express and Christian who came out and uh, made the save. Uh, there was a very heavy tease with... Jungle Boy giving the belts back to Penta, I think it was. Um, very heavy teases towards the end for Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros. And I think Jurassic Express are actually top of the uh, rankings in the tag team division. So, yeah, I guess that would make sense as a as a, a next step going forward with um, given possible incomings over the next few weeks and months for AW. could be a, a heck, a heck of a tag division. Um, so, yeah, that was Rampage. Um, tapping off quite the week for AEW really but there's quite a few th- other things going on in wrestling at the moment which I will talk to you about in a moment So when I originally planned for this podcast uh, I didn't actually have too much in the any other business bit but a few things I've thought about this week. Firstly, Johnny Gargano. Um, obviously, he kind of his contract expired with NXT, WWE. And two surefire signs that he's probably not going back is that he reopened his Pro Wrestling Tea store and he has started a Twitch channel. Um, which, yeah, two big no-nos in WWE have been able to sell your own merch and been able to stream, which sounds odd. It's really odd, but it's just... what some of those stupid things that the stupid company do. But anyway, yeah. Um Gargano streamed on Twitch and a lot of it was geeky stuff, which John Gargano is a big geek basically, but then I am in aspects as well, so <laughs> No, it was cool. It wasn't too heavy on on wrestling. Um he said a lot of nice things about a lot of people. Uh but I very much get the vibe from him that this isn't a guy who's gonna return to wrestling immediately. Obviously, Candice LeRae is due in February. Um, but one interesting thing he did say, which was 
is the Johnny Wrestling fans allowed enough? Who knows where Johnny Wrestling could end up? So we'll see about that. Um, I also, last week, I mentioned it on the podcast last week, but I did, in fact, watch uh, Ring of Honor's Final Battle show, which was a heck of a show. It was very much a show where I got the vibe that I don't think they're coming back. And I know they said at the end of the show, April 2022, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're coming back, which would be sad. It would be very sad, but it was a good show. It was a, I had a really good, you know, really good wrestling show. Um, it was very much like a memorial show to, to Ring of Honor. We had a few big names appear. I guess the most noteworthy thing was probably Adam Shear, the former Braun Strowman, appearing. And it appears that EC3 is going to lead this this group of all these people across the various promotions. There's even been teases of uh, Killer Cross joining the group. Uh, I saw Marina Shafir in one of the videos online as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. It could be a a real-life re- uh, wrestling version of uh, Retribution, or what re- Retribution should have been in WWE. Um we had Jonathan Gresham win the world title in the main event, which, again, perfectly cool. Good stuff. Um, we had the Briscoes obviously come out. They had their match. They won the tag titles, and FTR came out afterwards. So I'm sure we'll get that match at some point, as I've mentioned before. So, yeah, really good show for Ring of Honor. Um, if it's their last show, then they went out on a high, I think. Uh, but coincidentally, also on that show was something we're going to talk about next, and that was Diana Perazzo, who may well be the best female wrestler of 2021 with all she's done and accomplished. Um, she does have the triple A, I don't want to say it, the actual pronunciation because I'm going to get it wrong, but basically their women's title. Um, she's also challenging Mickey James for in a rematch for the Knockouts title uh, in, I think it's a Texas death match at their next pay-per-view, so... Maybe Diana and Mickey will finally get that main event slot that I think they've deserved. And they prop had they not had planned the thing with Moose where he won the world title. You know what, from Josh Alexander after winning the right to a challenge for it earlier in the night, I think maybe Mickey and Diana could have gone on last in that show, but but yeah, basically Diana challenged uh Roxy, who is the Women of Honor champion. Uh basically for a, a winner-takes-all match with all the belts on the line. So we will see if Roxy ends up in impact. We will see if Diana Parazzo ends up with that knockouts title back. So, yeah. Um, and elsewhere, we had um, the full announcement for the card for Wrestle Kingdom from New Japan. So let me just... I probably should have had all this prepared ahead of time, but, you know, got to keep it real, haven't we? Um, let me find the full lineup for... Wrestle Kingdom coming in January 4th and 5th. They're doing also a third night um, where it's going to be New Japan versus uh, Noah, which should be pretty cool. Um, but let me see if I can find this New Japan Wrestle Kingdom lineup. Kingdom. Google doesn't let me down. Here we go. Right. Let's have a look. So we've got the night one is going to be the New Japan Rumbo, which I think is pretty much like their Royal Rumble thing, but all right, good for them. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Yo versus Show, which two talented guys who's been a tag team. That'd be good. We've got um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, 
Taguchi and Rocky Romero against Kenta, Tadishimori and El Fantasma. We've got Naito, Sonata, Bushi against Will Ospreay, Greater Khan, Jeff Cobb. We've got Katsuyori Shibata returning for a match, um, coming out of retirement to return for his first proper match back. Um, who that's going to be against, who knows. Uh, Koto Bushi is, is no, a notable absentee from the announced card, so probably going to be him, as much as we probably all want it to be Brian Danielson. Um, I think COVID restrictions might have other ideas for that, sadly. But we've got Tomohiro Ishii versus Evil, which, I mean, it's a Tomohiro Ishii match, so... Yeah, I'm I'm invested in that right away. Um, <laughs> we've got Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. against Goto and Yoshihashi. We've got El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi. And the main event for night one is Shingo Takagi against Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. So, uh, that, I mean, that speaks for itself. That could be a, a match of the candidate for sure. Um, what else we got on night two? Um, we've got a three-way tag match for the junior titles, uh, Robbie Eagles, Tiger Mask, Ishimori Fantasma, and Takuchi Rocker Romero. We've got a stardom tag team match, um, which is great that they're going to be on the main TV card for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, great news, great news for them. Um, we've got their King of Pro Wrestling four-way match, which I think kind of like their, their answer to the 24-7 title, if you could imagine what a New Japan version of that would be. Um, we've got the never open weight six man titles, Evil Takahashi and Sho against Hiroki Goto, Yoshashi and Yo. Uh, we've got Sonada <laughs> against the Great Okan, which I actually saw the Great Okan's debut, and it was at a Rev Pro show in I think Milton Keynes in the Ice Ring. Yeah, um, seeing that gimmick live and not knowing what it was before, obviously it was his debut. Um, that was an experience, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, Naito against Jeff Cobb, which is going to be fucking brutal, as is the no-DQ match for the US title, Kenta against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And in the main event, which this really could be a match of the year, um, Will Ospreay will challenge the, the, the... I guess he'll say, like, the lineal champion, because he never lost his title, he was stripped of it. He's going to face... Whoever wins out of Tagagi and Okada on night one. Um, I haven't really been following too much New Japan. I've kept up with bits. Um, but I think at the end of this, I think, I mean, if Shingo beats Okada and Osprey back to back, that would be something, wouldn't it? That really would be something. So I kind of hope they do that as much as I, I love Will Osprey and I love Okada. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, and the final thing I want to tease or talk about is it's getting to that time of year where I need to book off time from work to watch wrestling shows. Basically, it sounds very sad, but hey, I, I, I'm not a big holiday person. Certainly, at the moment with COVID and stuff, it's not like I'm going to be able to get away anytime soon. But um, I'm thinking of booking the day after the Royal Rumble off work. Now. I mean, no way going back to being a WWE fan actively, simply because I don't want to give up being an AEW fan. Yeah, I get you can watch both, and I have kept up with with, with some aspects of WWE. Um, I go out of my way to watch everything Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, because particularly this past week's uh, with the t- with the uh, the firing of Paul Heyman by Roman, I think that stuff's been great. Um, it's the Royal Rumble, ain't it? And I really love the Royal Rumble, so. 
Maybe I'll watch the Royal Rumble. Maybe I'll talk about it on here. Maybe I probably won't talk about it on here. I'll probably just watch it as a fan, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I mean, anyone who wants to get in touch with me about thoughts on the Royal Rumble this year and if it's going to be the show we all know and love from previous years, let me know what you think. But uh, yeah, strange time for wrestling, um, as it always seems to be. And who knows what the weeks and months ahead will have for us. So that's been the podcast for this week. I uh, talked about a few things, three AEW shows and a load of other stuff. So yeah, thanks for listening and I will see you soon. <laughs>